0: Welcome to the podcast. Let the prophet speak. This is Saul Weinreb, the host of the podcast. Today we continue our study of the prophet Ezekiel, the Navi Yechezkel, and we are going to learn chapter twelve today. In the last chapter, chapter eleven, we heard the end of the vision of Yehezkel's so-called trip to Jerusalem, trip to Jerusalem. God had taken him to Jerusalem where he witnessed the unfortunate destruction and defilement of the temple, the death and destruction that occurred in the surrounding city of Jerusalem, and the dramatic exit of the presence of God from the temple, and how God then took his chariot and went to join his people in exile. There was also a a glimmer of hope where God said that the hope of the future of the people of Israel is with those people that are in exile. They will survive the exile, and one day I will bring them back. After this vision, God has left um, uh, uh, Jerusalem, joined the people in exile. The attention is now focused on the people in exile themselves, who are also rebellious and refusing to listen to the message that Yechezkel was trying to tell them from God. And that message was that that it was up to them. It was up to them to save the future of the people of Israel and to return to God's ways. The people were still not living appropriately, not following the laws of the Torah, not treating each other properly, etc. So, in this chapter 12 we see another symbolic act another act which god asks the navi to do another uh we hopefully by means of which maybe the message can get through he is constantly trying on the instruction of god to do different things in order to get the people to listen because the people weren't listening simply to uh speeches they needed these acts in order to bring home the importance of the message so verse one by the word of God to me was as follows human being you live amongst people that are rebellious specifically referring to the people in exile amongst whom you lived and these people, they have eyes to see. They have the ability to see the messages that you're trying to convey and to read the signs of history. The Loro, but they do not see. They don't bother to see, even though they can. As Nayem they have ears to listen, to hear. But they refuse to hear, because they are rebellious. They refuse to listen. And because they are rebellious, later in the chapter, we're going to see what their excuse is, what they tell themselves, which causes, you know, their excuse for not listening, for not hearing. In other words, the messages are there, the prophets are speaking to them, but they refuse to listen. Of course, this is reminiscent of the verses from Tehillim, from Psalms, when it refers to uh, idols themselves. They have eyes but cannot see, they have hands, um, you know, they have ears that cannot hear, etc., The people are acting just like the idols. That reference is being said deliberately. The people are acting just like the idols that they're worshipping. Therefore, human being, I want you to do the following act, which will symbolize the exile, and maybe they'll get the message. And what should you do? Make yourself... um, uh, get yourself together, all of your gear, all of your stuff for exile. Like a person going in exile would presumably maybe throw in some some food, some water, some clothes, a couple of tools, things that he assumes that he'll need on on his exile. With the uh, when he's forced to leave his home, so get all that stuff together. Put on your uh, whatever the equivalent of a backpack was, so to speak. Uh, back then... And during the daytime, you go into exile. Leave your place. Demonstrate to them through acting. Maybe they'll get this message. I want you to leave your town. You're in this... what this, uh, uh, was probably a refugee camp so, uh, on, on, the, on the banks of the Kibar River leave that place go to another place while they watch and see. Maybe they will see because we know that they are rebellious. So therefore, they probably won't listen, but maybe they will. This um, does give us the hint that there is always the chance that they will listen and get the message and change the situation. But doesn't seem that they will because we know they're rebellious and they've been rebellious. So and I want you to take out your your things, your stuff, your gear, like like um. Uh, like all of the um. Uh, Uh, like like just like someone would take out his gear for exile take it out in front of their eyes during the day and then I also want you to do the same thing in the evening so number one there is an outer explicit visible daytime exile which corresponds to the exile of the people from the city which is obviously something that's open and visible and and public but then there's also I want you to leave in the middle of the night, kimotzoy gola, like as one who goes out in a sneaky way, who's trying to get away. Um, that kind of exile is different. I want you to demonstrate that, and that would represent the exile of of the of 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 the king, and we'll see that in a second. Who snuck out in the middle of the night and tried to sneak away? Le'enehem, by their eyes, the people that are watching you at nighttime. I want you to dig a, a hole, a tunnel through the wall, the and you're gonna sneak out and crawl out through that hole in the wall. In the eyes of people watching, Al Tisa, you're gonna carry on your shoulder your things. and you're gonna take it out in the dark where no one can see. Ponecha you'll cover your face so that so that uh, your people can't notice you below Tira and you will not um, see the land. In other words, it's dark, people won't see you, you won't see the surroundings. Why should I you do this? You should do this because I'm making you as a sign for the house of Israel so they can see and understand what's happening. So, I asked Cain, and I did exactly, this is the prophet himself speaking, just like I was commanded. I took out my things as if someone was taking out vessels that he was running away with um, into exile during the day. And then in Bo'erab in the evening, I also dug the hole in the wall, Biyad, with my hand, and I did it in, in the darkness, in the secret, in the cover of night, and that I carried it over my shoulder, also with people watching. So I did what God said. Now, over here, this story about digging a hole in the wall at nighttime is obviously reminiscent of what happened to King Zedekiah, who was the supposed to be the puppet king of Babylon, ruling the people that remained in Jerusalem with the temple. But as we know, he rebelled against against uh, Nebuchadnezzar, against the Babylonian king, and therefore he snuck out um, during the end of the siege when it was obvious that the city was going to fall to the Babylonians. The king and his closest um, uh, advisors, his sons and so on, tried to sneak out of the middle of the night through a, an entrance in the wall, and that's what this is referring to. I just want to turn to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, um, Chapter four, chapter thirty-nine, verse four. Just to um, to uh, remind you of this um, story, this unfortunate, sad story, because that will make this entire chapter we're studying now make sense. So Jeremiah thirty-nine four, when <coughs> the king of Yehuda, um, saw the conquerors and he saw. Uh, so he and all of his soldiers, uh, they ran, they went out in the nighttime in air from the city. Ganham through they snuck out through the king's garden, Bishar through a gate that was between the walls, and they ran out into towards the towards the desert. An army of the Babylonians chased after them. By at his sneaking out didn't work. They did catch up to him, and the plains of Jericho, Yericho, Vayikhu also, and they, they arrested him, and they brought him to the king, uh, and then it goes on to say this tragic, uh, this horrible act, what they did, and then they, the king of Babylon slaughtered all of Tzidkio's children in front of him. And then he gouged out his eyes and then took him in chains to Babylon. Now, it, I read that story because this is the story that Ezekiel is referring to here and that God asked Ezekiel to do to show the king sneaking out through the wall. So now we, let's go back to our chapter. Ezekiel 12, verse 8 is where we're up to. So after I did the first the daytime Exile symbolic act showing that the people were going to be exiled, then the nighttime symbolic act showing the king going into exile. Now it's morning time, and God spoke to me again as follows Ben Adam, human being. Did not the people of Israel ask you, What are you doing? Like, what kind of a silly act is it? Like, what exactly are you doing? Didn't they ask you, right? Um. Remember, Yechazkel has explicit instructions from God to do what he's told and not to say or explain things from his own. Yechazkel, even presumably, he knew what he was, what he was doing and why, but he was not allowed to say it until God told him what to say. So here we have God telling. This is we've repeated this numerous times, and this will keep on coming up. So God says, "This is what you should say." Amor Alehem, verse ten. Say to them as follows: This is your explanation of the act that you did yesterday. so says the Lord God. Hamnasi, the nasi, the leader, and the commentators uh, mentioned, It's obvious that this nasi is referring to the king Zidkiyo. Why didn't it say Hamelech the king? Why is he calling him the nasi, which could be a more generic term for leader? Um. Because, presumably because uh, since Tzidkiyahu was in the process of a rebellion against Babylon and these refugees were living in Babylon to call Tzidkiyahu the king and would have been uh, um, treasonous because the in the Babylonians' view Tzidkiyahu was not the real king of Yehuda Yehoiachin, the one that they exiled years before at this time was being honored as the Real Judean king in exile, Zedekiah was just a puppet who was supposed to be ruling Jerusalem at the behest of the Babylonians, and now was rebelling. So therefore, he he had to say it in hints. He had to say the nasi. He could not say the melech because then he would be, um, in essence, uh, treasonous against the Babylonian kingdom. Hamasah hazebu This issue. This thing. This um. This uh, burden that I just discussed to you this, and showed to you with this exile is what's going to occur and or what is occurring in Jerusalem. And it's referring to all of the Jewish people that are to be found in Jerusalem. That is the daytime exile. They're all going to go into Gullus. I am showing you a sign that which... I have done in other words that which I have done by demonstrating this uh, mock exile Keni aselahem so shall be done to them bagola they shall all go into exile into captivity that's where they are all going so that is demonstration A and then demonstration B the king who is among them he is going to throw his things over his shoulder and sneak out in the dark he will have to dig a hole through the wall in order to get out and bring his things out with him. He's going to cover his face in attempt that no one should recognize him, that he's the king, trying to disguise himself. And also, so he also covers his face, not only so that he should not be seen and recognized, but also he doesn't want to see how the land around him is getting destroyed by the enemy of course because of his deeds and because of his failure of leadership and then I will spread my trap over him just like we read in Jeremiah the Chaldeans, the Babylonians will catch him he will be caught in my trap baby. and in the end I am going to bring him into Babylon, Eretz Kastim to the land of the Chaldeans but he will not see it <coughs> This is a reference to the gouging of the eyes. He will come to Babylon, but he will not be able to see it. The eventually he will pass away in Babylon. And everything, whoever whoever is around him, as his 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 advisors, his councils, his um, his officers. I'm going to. Um, Uh, all those that help him and all of those that are his soldiers that protect him, I'm going to scatter them to, to the wind, literally, to all the directions of the world, and the sword will chase after them, the armies will chase after the refugees as they run to try to find safety. They will know that I am God because they will know and fully understand that this is justice for their own actions. Sam Bagayim as I scatter them among the nations, and I spread them out among all the lands. Vihotartime I will allow to remain from them, I will have remain from them just a few people, Mihar mirav who will be saved from, from sword, from famine, and from plague. Lamani in order that those re- remaining ones will be able to be the witnesses and be able to say at um, uh, all of their terrible deeds and understand that because of how we acted, because of the things we did, this is why we are now here. And by they can say these things while they are in captivity among those nations that share kyan And they will know that I am God because I have lived up to my word. The next, um, the next uh, verse here, 17, again leads off with another symbolic act. Now that the, you, you represented the exile, so to speak, now you are going to just lie down and be in exile. You're going to demonstrate the suffering of exile. Ben Adam, human being, God says, eat your bread in fear, in trembling. So you'll have food, you'll have water, but you're going to eat your food while being scared and afraid. Maybe you're not going to have food the next day. Every, you'll always be uncertain. The, the country that you're in will treat you well. The country that you're in won't treat you well. Always going to be scared. Your water you're going to constantly drink with worry and nervousness and anxiety. We'll, what's the next thing that's going to come down? What's the next government or king that at his or her whim is going to make you suffer again I want you to say to the people of the land it's interesting that the the people of the land is clearly referring to the people with him in Babylon but he's still calling them people of the land even though they're essentially landless so says the Lord God to those who do live in Yerushalayim so you're announcing to the people who are no longer in Jerusalem. And telling them what God is going to say, or is saying, to those that do reside in Jerusalem, al-admas Israel, on the land of Israel. The the fact that he God calls them the amha'orets, the people of the land, and then says, this is what I'm going to say to the people that happen to be back there in Jerusalem, just again emphasizes the fact that the people in Jerusalem are going to be destroyed, even though they happen to be physically, at least for now, Within the land of Israel, they are not the people that are the, actually the Amorites because their time there is very, very limited. You there in Israel will eat your bread in worry and in horror you're going to drink your water. And because the land that you are living in will be destroyed, it will become desolated. Completely from all of the people that live there, from all the people that live there, from its population. Why? And again, go and God uh, through Yechazko remind us what the bottom line is because of all of the oppression. Hamas, I translate as oppression, Hamas means when one person takes advantage of another because that person has more power, more position, more money, more strength than the other, and they take advantage of others. Hamas, that is why. The bottom line Yechaz has repeatedly said, even though he talks a lot about the idol worship and idol worship, the purpose, the reason why the idol worship is such a terrible thing is because it leads to Hamas, it leads to the powerful taking advantage of the weak. And that is, again, the bottom line, why Teisham Artzoa Mimloa, why the land will become desolate of its inhabitants. And the cities that are settled will be destroyed via aretz shemamati, and the land will be desolate via datem kani and you will know that I am God. This, uh, the next, the uh, a few verses are the end of the of this chapter. It's they're slightly a different topic, but certainly it connected. Um, but since it's short, I, I'm going to finish the chapter and read. Read these verses, And the word of God to me was as follows. If you remember, we're saying that people are rebellious. They refuse to listen. They have ears that will not hear. They have eyes that will not see. Why is it that they don't listen? The message has been repeated over and over and over again by Ezekiel, by Jeremiah, by all the other prophets, the true ones. Why don't they listen? What do they say when they hear these prophecies? What's their response? Ben-Adam, Human being, this is God saying to Yechaz, to the prophet, Ma What is this? um <coughs> is a, a proverb or a parable. What, what is it that people say in your place? When they talk about these prophecies in their homes, to their families, to their friends, what do they say? They're saying, uh, uh, regarding the land of Israel, they say, Yahu hayamim, the days will go on, the avad kochazon, and all of these prophecies will come to naught. In other words, they've been prophesizing this stuff for years. Remember Isaiah, he used to say this stuff. All those other prophets, Hosea would say all this stuff. Almost uh, you know, they he, all those pro- they've been saying this for hundreds of years and everything is still fine. There's still a temple, there's still like yeah, it's not perfect or this or that. They've been saying that time is going to go on and all these prophecies will turn into nothing. Why are they saying this, God? says Lochain. Therefore, Om I want you to tell them, Adonai Elohim. So says the Lord God, his I'm getting rid of this idea. You're not gonna no longer be able to say, oh, time goes on and everything's fine. Israel. No one will be able to say this or will say this idea anymore in Israel. But rather I want you to tell them Karvu Hayamim Udavarko Hazon, the days that have been predicted. And the words of all of those visions that have been spoken to you and repeated to you in the name of God, the time is now. There no longer will be any false prophecies and and divinations of, of nonsense that are meant to make you feel good. So people would go to a false prophet who would say, oh, it's fine, it's fine, everything's going to be fine, don't worry. No, all that's going to be gone. The reason why it's going to be gone is not going to be because people want all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden want to listen and change, (coughs) but rather because they're going to see it all happening around them. I am God. Those soothing, those soothsayers that they go to to get the good news, the false prophets, they're not speaking to God. I am God and I am speaking to you and I am the one telling you what is going to happen and not only am I the one telling you and predicting it, I am also the one who is doing it, who has the power to and will do these things. No longer um, will, will there be um, delays. No longer will you be saying prophecies that are going to happen someday in the distant future but rather it's going to be in your eyes, in your days, you rebellious people. I will say it as I'm saying it now to to and I will do it. So says the Lord God, period. And then what do people say then? Another thing. This is verse 26, been a dumb human being. nay I heard. So I just told them, yeah, it's gonna happen now. So people say, another thing what people say, a little bit less arrogant than before. Before they said, Oh, it's not even true, it's never gonna happen. You know. So you know what? Maybe it will happen. But this this vision that he sees. It's going to happen in a thousand years. It's going to happen. We'll not no, it's not even going to be the lives of our grandchildren or great grandchildren. It's going to be a, so far in the future that just, who needs to worry about that stuff now? <inaudible> he's saying prophecies. Maybe he's saying the truth. Maybe God speaks to him and tells him some some far off, distant secrets about some distant time in the future. <inaudible> no, no more saying this. Say to the people, <inaudible> it's not going to be. I stretched out my words. When I say something, I will do it. So says the Lord God. This completes our study of chapter 12. Thank you so much for, paying, for studying chapter 12 with me. Looking forward to studying the rest of the book of Ezekiel together.